who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. I'm a special guest, Jake. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dubious devils to dangerous dragons, and today we are talking about the Dungeon Master's Guide. Hey. Prepare Hey, Jake. What's going on, Brian? Uh, I want to talk about the Dungeon Master's Guide. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. feel like it's a book that everybody knows about and almost, I don't want to say nobody reads, but a lot of people don't read it. I definitely don't, but I'm also, uh, you know, a little fast and loose with my DMing (laughs) for as, like, rule-oriented of a mind as as I am. Uh, yeah, I don't really use it. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a funny thing about D&D because they tell you up front, you do not need rules to necessarily play this type of game. Mm-hmm. But we like the rules that done. There's lots of systems, lots of RPG yeah. systems. But we use D&D 5e for a reason because yeah. we like the things that it brings to the table in mm-hmm. terms of like how to manage a player doing a thing in a mm-hmm. game and what the consequences and physics involved should be. Yeah. Um, and it assigns statistics and like you kind of couple that with the role playing aspect to figure out what your characters are good and not good at. Mm -hmm. So the role of the dungeon master is to arbiter all these, all these rules. So it's, it's good to know the rules of the game. Uh, A dungeon master that doesn't kind of know the basics at least is you're going to run into trouble. You're going to run into hiccups. Like you should probably do some reading before you jump into this for the first time. Like, let's say you have a group of five friends. One of them agrees to be the dungeon master. No, nobody has experience. Mm -hmm. Um, That can be a recipe for confusion. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and long games where you are spending lots of your precious playtime like sifting through up. information. Yeah. Especially if you didn't prep beforehand, if you're just sitting down like, I have kind of an idea. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do it. You don't have the starter kit. You don't have anything. You don't have materials. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's kind of a rough situation. So you you are the driving force that powers your game. It's a big responsibility, and but it's by no means an impossible one, Yeah, as we both know. Um, Jake and I have a similar amount of experience playing the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I probably have a little more DMing experience at this point. Um, yeah. Just based off of like how many. Uh, Sheer amount of games you've ran. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. how many irons I have in the fire all the time too. Definitely. With doing the show. And like, I think a lot of the stuff on our Patreon is actual play stuff. And I'm in charge of a lot of that DMing stuff because mm -hmm. Will's busy writing notes and writing a, an actual play game for us. Yeah. So me and Jake first started learning underneath Will. Mm -hmm. um, and he was our first example of a dungeon master. So since then, we've seen a lot of other dungeon masters come to play. My next dungeon master after Will, no, maybe it was before, but around the same time I started playing at Will's table, I started listening to the Adventure Zone, mm. which is their first campaign is very good. Yeah, It's fun, fast and loose. They don't really get the rules. They mm -hmm. don't really put a lot of emphasis on the rules. Um, because they're more interested in telling a, a like a a fun story yeah. and like having more about the goofs, more about especially at first they yeah. were really about like you know the improv comedy part, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. D and D is great at. I mean, you have a lot of fun just laughing at dumb shit that happens in this yeah. game, yeah. and that's okay. Like if you want to, like being a DM is a very stylistic thing. Yeah, uh, the DMG helps you with the finer points of certain things to feel cohesive and to help yeah. you like do interesting things facilitate that a little bit brings certain ideas that you have into du Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. so help you facilitate so there are like this is not just a great book to read but it's a great book to just open up and have on hand and spot check yeah hey I want to put grenades in the game well mm. where do you find that the DMG has stats for that because yeah. it's like I feel like DMG is just full of like kind of like common idea things. Mm -hmm. Let's solidify into D and D rules, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think mostly what I've used it for is like if I was if I wanted to introduce like a set of magical magical items that I hadn't really homebrewed mm -hmm. and I needed to gift my players yeah. uh, some cool magic items, some like cool starter ones. I looked in that because I was like, I don't want to whip out completely unbalanced um, items that would break my campaign. And it kind of has like a section for that. It's like, oh, you know, low level, rare to, you know, uncommon kind of uh, items for your starter party. And that's kind of how I used it. Yes. Yeah, super, super solid stuff. I yeah. mean, like that it's literally meant to guide you through like these types of things. Like, yeah. I want to do this. This is a great reference for that. Mm -hmm. um, so for people that don't know, like typically an like you're going to be running an adventure mm -hmm. in D&D and typically an adventure consists of completing like a specific quest. It can take as long or as short as you want. You can do one shots. So mm -hmm. like for people that don't know, one shot is just a single game. You sit down. Typically these games take anywhere from, I want to say like three is probably, probably, you probably do it in end, two, yeah. but yeah. that's, I don't know what you're getting done in two. Yeah. Some things, it would have to be time like strange short. in D&D. Yeah. That's true. Things that take a minute, like a combat, might take one minute of combat an takes hour an hour yeah. probably it's true um you know 10 rounds combat's broken up into six sec six second turns mm -hmm. you know an hour for one minute trade mm -hmm. like it's it's a little wonky right but it it's fun we yeah. like doing that um 
but that's just one piece of the puzzle, right? Like yeah. you can do one shots or you can do long form campaign, which I think most people are probably more used to. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of like a healthy blend for people that play the game a lot. Like for people that are in our Discord talking, it seems like they have a a long form game going in some capacity that mm-hmm. they're involved in, and then they're jumping into one shots here and there. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think we landed as well. We do like yeah. we had a couple long form things going. Mm-hmm. We're obviously playing Super Quest Saga right now, mm-hmm. um, and that'll be done toward the end of the year. Apparently, mm-hmm. we're being told. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but we've been playing that game for a couple of years now. It's uh, true. <laughs> it's 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 a long it's the longest game I've ever sat through. It's probably the first game I'm ever gonna finish. Yeah. Um, so we've started a lot of things, and we we've finished a lot of games, but they're more one shot. Esque, yeah, or like they turn into like five games yeah. or something like that. But really, it's just a short campaign. Mm. Um, so your experience with a dungeon master beyond mm-hmm. Will probably was crit roll first, right? Definitely the infamous Matt Mercer, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mercer, much less infamous than he is. Like the flagship of dungeon masters. Yeah. Like he he's definitely the leader of the pack out there yeah. in the actual play world, the live play stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard of Critical Role and you play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Um, and it's everywhere. It's great. It's yeah. great for the game to yeah. have something like that out there and yes. to have so many fans and stuff. Um, so how do you feel about Matt Mercer as a dungeon master? Um, I mean, he's great. Like he, uh, I think he incorporates a lot of like homebrew stuff uh, or making, cause it is very vanilla the campaigns that they end up doing like it's very mm-hmm. like rule oriented it's very like uh i mean they keep a track of all of their spell components like they have to go and shop for that kind of thing there's definitely he goes down to like every single detail about do they play the encumbrance i don't think encumbrance but they like you know they have um they have bags of holding they have bags of holding um they have like attunements and it's all rule base so like you can't yeah. have more than like two attuned to you like that kind of thing they're definitely like i said very vanilla but then uh, the rules of att- attunement are really interesting and i had to read them recently because of something that came up in a game oh. um but yeah they're they're actually pretty they're more in depth than i thought they were they're mm-hmm. like it's pretty specific set of rules uh, a lot of it and then um they I think where he shines is he gets like these homebrew monsters where like you think it's going to be one thing you run into the thing and if you have experienced players that like the the crew on crit roll it's not like they are or the cast it's not like they met a game super hard so it's like they look at a thing and they're like okay I know what that is uh, and they don't let that affect their uh, gameplay or anything like that but the cool thing about Mercer is that you look at the thing and you think you know what it is and then it's like totally not that and you oh, nice. throws that loop in like it has like an additional thing in the stat block or like you know it's fey instead of demonic nice. and now okay. like now the table is now switched uh, and I think he does a like, great job of that like especially this last campaign was all very a kind of um, cool shit because if you're an experienced Dungeons and Dragons player and you've seen a lot of the stuff the game has to offer yeah. like there's a lot of reoccurring themes mm-hmm. a lot of players know what the deck of many things is yeah. and how the cards work potentially and so when you see the deck of many things in game yeah. you don't know what that is necessarily. Yeah. you're not supposed to know typically what that is unless like you've heard of it like mm-hmm. you know this is all case by case but staying in character is the right thing to do mm-hmm. obviously that's like a a keystone of being a player um, 
and not not to metagame, which is to like act outside of that. Yeah. But knowing in the meta sense what's going on is going to affect you uh, maybe in some conscious ways that you, you are not able to subvert. Yeah. Um, so that's a great thing that Mercer does mm-hmm. to kind of tilt the scales back away from yeah. that. Add add like a freshness to it because, like you that said, too. if they're all if they're all experienced, like if they see a dragon, they're expecting a dragon to act like a dragon, and then he just throws that curveball at you and you're like, oh shit! Like I was expecting to be like this, but it was totally not, and that, it's very cool. So that's the kind of um, that's the kind of assertion you can put on your on your game. Yeah, you know, you can change things to fit your setting and your world however you want so stylistically you can do a lot of things to like change and make things easier for you easier for your players Mm -hmm. switch things up maybe your red dragon is a little different Mm -hmm. than the typical red dragon maybe they have different motivations or maybe they're more of a neutral creature than an evil creature to kind of really play things up so when you're playing with more experienced players you can get that feel that is really cool um i i do like uh, hearing about crit roll, it was yeah. a little difficult for me to listen to because of the the nitty gritty things. That's fair. Going yeah. from the adventure zone to something like that yeah. is like the adventure zone's not fucking around with any of that stuff. Yeah. Like encumbrance, I don't think anybody really likes to play with that. Probably. Um, not. I don't. If you like encumbrance, let me know in the comments. Uh, I'd be interested to see like how your game is going. Yeah. And if you're a happy person, because <laughs> um, it, it makes me unhappy to like. It have is. To, I'm so used to. You know, I'm spoiled by video games yeah. where my inventory is a bajillion years long and I'm not punished for it. Yes. Pokemon is like the main culprit of that. Yeah. Where my, my bag can hold everything forever. I was thinking the main, the second you brought encumbrance up, I was thinking of Skyrim because getting, you have a weight limit based upon your stamina. And then if you go over that, you just, you walk everywhere. You can't sprint, you can't teleport, you can't do shit. And then you just have to like dump a whole bunch of stuff out of here. Cause you know, you got fucking 47 dragon bones in your bag for no reason. (laughs) Uh, So yes, playing with encumbrance is tough. Like, I don't know if I would ever, uh, put that into a game that also yeah it's realistic the realism of it is great like i can i don't know the specific rules of encumbrance i just know it fucks you up yes because i've never played with it but that's something you could do i mean like yeah by all means it's just like the players i'm used to and introducing new players to the game it's overwhelming that's an overwhelming thing yeah spell components too that like borders the overwhelming there's a lot of things you can do that aren't just hand wave them Mm -hmm. um i like the idea of making my players go get the spell components and like learn the spell and like have some kind of thing prepped for why Mm -hmm. they know it Mm -hmm. why this one where did it come from um and then getting the components and then forgetting about it yeah like you know where to get these components and and cast spells so like if we really want to get into the survival bit of this Mm then we can start talking about it once we start going on like that leg of the journey. I think also that's a good thing uh, to do like prior to the campaign, like discuss expectations. Like, hey, yes. like what kind of game are you guys wanting? Because especially if they're new, they're not really going to know. Like that's what happened with my uh, game that I'm running. Like I have two brand new players. I'm a brand new DM. So I'm kind of letting them uh, have a like not exactly free reign, but, you know, if they want to do something like that might take you know, two actions, you know, like if they want to run up a fucking tree and then do a backflip and then do their attack, like I'll still have them do uh, an acrobatic roll, like in order to do that. 
Uh, but, you know, maybe other DMs would be like, oh, you know, you could maybe only do one of those things. Like, run up the tree next turn, then you can jump off and do your attack kind of thing. Yes. Um, Limitations is like a, a very critical thing as a dungeon master yeah. to set as well. Yeah, because I also don't want them just that. to, you know, do seven different attacks. So obviously I have limits, but, you know, it's all about those expectations. Like, I sat them down, I talked to them like, hey, you know, like this, this is the kind of game I'm thinking of running, you know, mm-hmm. probably will be. Uh, combat heavy just because uh, me as a person like I think it's more fun that way like I kind of run D&D like a video game almost like yeah they're gonna run into uh, random encounters a lot just because it's a world yeah like it's a basic RPG world. yeah basic RPG that's exactly how I'm running it uh, and they seem to like it they like to feel that strength and I gave them a whole bunch of magical items right from the get-go uh, just to have them feel that power yeah um and also because they're new you know they might not be very um comfortable with the role play aspect so i don't force them to talk about stuff uh i'll throw it to them i'll be like hey you know like this person said this like what do you want to say back to them and if they are you know are kind of like oh you know blah 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 like or maybe say what they're gonna do in like a third person kind of way like oh yeah like my character would probably like think this um you know like i'll help them i'll kind of hold their hand with it that's all excellent stuff because you're going to have you have these aspects of D&D and the DMG talks about this is you have these aspects of D&D but not everybody's strong in these in yeah. these sections like yeah. improv as a DM is is crucial to know mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people really struggle with being put on the spot like that it's true and I think it like this is just me personally speaking that this ties into like a public speaking sort of thing, like yeah. sitting in front of your peers and doing this publicly, especially something creative, something you worked hard on. Mm-hmm. And you're by running it, by putting it in front of your players, no matter who you're putting it in front of, whether that person is cool or not, yeah. uh, you're opening yourself up to critique. Definitely. And that is a difficult place to be um, for a lot of people. It's, it's hard to get past that. Mm-hmm. But the best thing you can do is first and foremost, Focus on having fun. Yeah. And good communication is a cornerstone of having fun in D&D. Yeah. I think talking to your players regularly in and outside of the game is is definitely good. So just know as a dungeon master taking up that mantle, you're going to have to work on this game while not at the table playing with players. Yeah. Um, probably for at minimum as long as you spend playing the game, you're probably going to be prepping the game. Yeah. I have at least a couple days of prep for something important. At yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, like and by a couple days I mean like I have a nine to five so I'm gonna go do that and then I'm gonna come home and take care of my responsibilities at home mm. and then in my free time I'm going to like prep couple hours so here, couple I would hours say there. a minimum like six hours you probably need to put into something like important like if you're gonna run a combat if yeah. you're gonna have NPC building or a town that could take longer Definitely. a dungeon that you're creating yourself could take longer yeah so just know that by taking up this mantle you're not just putting your work out to critique. You're, you're signing up for a lot to do as yeah. well. Yeah. But it's so, it's very rewarding at the same time. Yeah. So like, if this is your thing, if you want to like weave a story and build a world, yeah, that's cool. If you want to pick up a module that has a lot of those things kind of put aside for you already, yeah. You just have some reading to do and then know the rules jump and like in. how to how to jump in and do yeah. that. For this part of the episode, we looked up a a section of the DMG mm-hmm. that. I think neither of us are really familiar with. Um, mm. I, I'm I'm reading this book right now mm-hmm. and like trying to implement it into my own game. There's a lot of useful stuff in here. Yeah, highly recommended for all dungeon masters running five e to read the dungeon master's guide mm-hmm. in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, and we were kind of looking through here like we've never really built 
a dungeon from scratch like this. Yeah, not at all. I've built dungeons. Yeah. But uh, and I've run the dungeon out of a module, which was the funnest part of doing the module was running the dungeon in it. it was that was good. cool. Yeah. Um, you know, all the traps are already written there for you. That mm-hmm. was like the best part. Yeah. So, um, but what if you're going to run your own dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the DMG says, some dungeons are old strongholds abandoned by the folk who built them. Others are natural caves or weird layers carved out by foul monsters, which we've talked about extensively on the show. Mm-hmm. They, are, uh, they attract evil cults, monster tribes, and reclusive creatures and adventurers. <laughs> dungeons are also home to ancient treasures, coins, gems, magic items, and other, valuable hidden away, other valuables hidden away in the darkness, often guarded by traps or jealousy kept by the monsters that have collected them. Mm-hmm. So it says, uh, when you set out to create a dungeon, think about its distinctive qualities. For example, a dungeon that serves uh, hob- as a hobgoblin stronghold has a different quality from an ancient temple inhabited by Yuan-T. This section sure. lays out a process for creating a dungeon and bringing it to life. So those are all things to think about as a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Um, the who, what, when, where, and why, that whole bit is going to be very useful it seems like for this so if you're a journalist then you're going to be right at home building a dungeon (laughs) i think yeah um but conceptually speaking there's a lot of things in the dmg that can help you do that like these random charts these tables you can roll on a table like to randomly generate a dungeon so let's do it man let's let's build a dungeon right now hell yeah um so we're going to do the dungeon location you're going to need a d100 so go ahead and roll it and i'll tell you where our dungeon's going to be uh, 41. So 41 is going to put us in a desert. Ooh, that's dope. There's also exotic locations. Just roll a D20 for me, and I'll tell you where we landed. We can decide if we want to use that instead. A uh, 10. 10 is in a meteorite. Oh, So that's why don't dope we do too. both? Why don't we a do meteorite in, in a the desert, desert in a meteorite? <laughs> That'd be so sick. our dungeon is going to be in the in a de- the desert yes. inside of a meteorite. Very dope. So this thing crashed to our planet. Let's yeah. just do Faerun. Sure. Um, I know the Faerun map because I run a Waterdeep game mm-hmm. called FBATS in mm-hmm. our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Anorak Desert, that's a thing. Um, a, a meteorite fell there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a hollowed out, like, it's been hollowed out, probably. I don't know. Let's let's see who creates the dungeon. Yeah. That's the next section. So um, a dungeon reflects its creators. A lost temple of the Yuan-Ti choked by overgrown plants might feature ramps instead of stairs. It's just stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, like really put the flavor on it. So mm-hmm. let's figure out who the dungeon creator is and okay. roll a d20. Uh, 18. 18 is the Mind Flayers. Oh, shit. So let's, okay. I think that suggests, since maybe they are like, Underdark creatures. I was going to say maybe the meteorite crashed all the way through, through to the, to the so Underdark. Yeah. Let's say this is a big meteorite yeah. somehow didn't wipe out everything. Maybe, um, I know in Anorak there were like flying cities that fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something like that. Somebody, some fucking wizard was fucking around and like brought this thing down As like Madara did. style. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. half of it's sticking up out of the ground or maybe just the top portion. Mm-hmm. And most of it is underneath like an iceberg That's in the sick. Underdark, and it has been inhabited by Mind Flayers. So this dungeon has been created by Mind Flayers. Very dope. Um, which have a, a slew of of just like weapons at their disposal yeah. in terms of like creatures. This is a scary um, dungeon. Fear <laughs> of the Beholder, the Mind Witness, is, uh, is a Beholder that has been infected by Mind Flayers and is oh, now their servant. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Retention. Ooh, look at you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. It doesn't matter if you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. It's like I said before, Shopify is going to take your business no matter what stage it's at and elevate it to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. So cults and religious groups. So let's go ahead and roll a D20 there. So maybe they're... um, Uh, Four. Cult. So they're going to be an air elemental cult. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I mean, if we're just going by the table here, yeah. I mean, we can go with the uh, we can go with just mind flaying mm-hmm. as the creators. We could say that there is also a uh, an air elemental cult. Maybe the top layer is an air elemental cult, and the oh, bottom yeah. layer is mind flayers. The further you go in, it just starts. Yeah. Like you've... maybe let's do that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Like start encountering more underdark shit. The caverns up top like have a lot of air circulating with them. So maybe the air elementals have gathered there. Yeah. There's a cult. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's an elemental cult. Uh, NPC alignment. So let's roll an alignment for the 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 cult, probably. Uh, ten. 
10 is going to be neutral. So Ooh. there's a neutral air elemental cult up in here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say the mind flayers are evil because they're evil as fuck. Yes. Um, we'll just keep that. It would be weird to have like a like lawful neutral. good mind flayers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although we've seen them uh, in Super Quest Saga. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which I don't even think is really spoilers Spons. in this context. Uh, NPC class. So I think this is more if you're just like building NPCs. Okay, yeah, so yeah. let's 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 roll it anyway. Let's roll sure. a d20 again. Uh, four again. So we've got clerics. Let's call them air elemental clerics. That's dope. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I like, don't know what that's all about. Like maybe the top of the meteorite is like their temple because it's close to the sky or something. Nice. Or gets them high up yeah. to the sky. I love all this. Yeah. Uh, so the dungeon's purpose. So except in the case of a natural cavern, a dungeon is crafted and inhabited for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, that influences its design and features. You can choose a purpose from the dungeon's purpose table, roll one at random, and use your own ideas. So um, we kind of have set a purpose. Let's roll and see what we get and then try to apply it. Uh, nine. A nine is a mine. So I think Ooh. this suits the lower part of the. It's the, very true. So yeah. maybe the mind flayers have found something in this meteorite that is valuable. And Some otherworldly shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's why there's. It's a dungeon. They're that's tunneling to find the shit. Yeah. Nice. Okay, that's been pretty cool. So, dungeon purpose. So on a mine. Oh, it has sections that you can read for each. So, um, mm. like if we rolled a one, it was death trap. The dungeon is built to eliminate any creature that dares to enter it. But we did not roll that. We rolled the mine. Uh, an abandoned mine can quickly become infested with monsters, while miners who delve too deep can break through into the underdark. Oh, Ha-ha! That. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they were mining from the top and the yes, bottom. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. And then they found, they, they found mine flares. Yeah, maybe, like, oh, shit. Maybe this is an, uh, an old mine. Yes. It's already been mined, yeah. and mine flares killed all the miners or whatever. And then moved in. Yeah. They moved in. Could be. That's dope. History, which, see, it's like, as you roll... We're just adding on we, to this we're, mythos already. Yeah, we, we're taking these things and running. Yeah. So um, there are people out there that need the table. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Need, they need to do this type of thing. They pick from here. They don't kind of like build as they go the kind of way we're doing now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Like you guys totally. can do whatever works for you to help you get your shit right. Do it. Yeah. Um, we're just this way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is like a good way to just get your creative juices like flowing. Like it gives you the circumstance and then we are the ones that are... Filling in the gap. We're only you know partway I mean? through. Yeah. I, I love this place already. This is dope. Yeah, yeah. this is very cool. Uh, so in most cases, the original architecture of a dungeon mm. are long gone. And the question of what happened to them can help shape the dungeon's current state. Interesting. Uh, the dungeon history table notes key events that can transform a site from its original purpose into a dungeon for adventures to explore. Particularly old dungeons can have a history that consists of multiple events, each of which transform the site in some way. So let's roll a d20 and we'll add a historical event to the dungeon. Uh, nine again. Nine is uh, creators destroyed by attacking raiders. Okay. Interesting. So these maybe these miners went to escape or mm -hmm. like do another plan. Like we can't go into the bottom anymore. Yeah. A bunch of people got mine flared up. Yes. And they're camping outside. And a bunch of raiders come in and kill the rest mm, of them. Yeah, so yeah. anybody, all the original creators of this dungeon are dead. Yeah. Okay. Especially if it was like a mine to begin with, and then they stumbled upon the mine flayers kind of thing. Like that would make. Yeah, it, like they're yeah. an after the fact yes. sort of sort of uh, thing. Yeah. So we dungeon inhabitants, we've got that. Dungeon factions, we've got that. Yeah, we've already yeah. done it. But there are um, a few paragraphs on each of that mm -hmm. that I think we are okay to skip right now. Sure. But we're we're getting we're getting towards the end. So we actually haven't like 
we know who's in the dungeon. Yes. And what is in the dungeon in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. and what has happened in the history of the dungeon. And I feel like that would help inform like what to fill the dungeon with. Like yeah, you know, mind totally. stuff like you know, you know there's We've already got a, a bunch of stat blocks. Exactly. We could put air elementals in here. Yeah. We could put like cool wind traps. That's um, true. Yeah. Psychic stuff. Um why what important resources in here i think this section dungeon ecology might give us a little insight right yeah an inhabited dungeon has its own ecosystem um so the creatures that live there need to eat drink breathe and sleep just as creatures in the wilderness do uh predators need to be able to seek prey and intelligent creatures so this suggests that there's not just these two factions in this dungeon but also like natural creatures that might so like fill your dungeon up like some of these some of these rooms, we're going to do like levels and rooms. This dungeon sounds like it's going to have lots of different levels and yeah. tunnel systems. Yes. Um, lots of inhabitants could be here. I mean, especially if it's uh, connected to the Underdark, just any sort of unpleasantness could have moved from there into the mines yes. and fill the dungeon. It's also uh, encounter difficulty is something to um, to work with here. That's true. It's really based on your players and the CRs of monsters. Yeah. It, it teams up pretty nicely. One of my big rule of thumbs is to never run a monster that has an attack power capable of one-shotting a player because I did that and killed a guy <laughs> and it was true. very like it was that a, shouldn't have happened it was a bad time yeah that. it was a bad time. <laughs> nobody, was nobody was happy bad. about it or like that probably shouldn't have happened yeah whoops um recon <laughs> yeah recon uh so sorry freeland yeah <laughs> uh you might be inclined to increase the encounter difficulty as the adventures descend deeper into the dungeon as a way to keep the dungeon challenging as the characters gain levels or to ratchet up the tension however this approach can turn the dungeon into a grind a better approach is to include encounters of varying difficulty throughout the contrast between easy and hard encounters as well as simple and complex encounters encourages characters to vary their tactics and keep the encounters from seeming too similar hmm. which is very good advice yeah yeah so let's talk about mapping a dungeon. Every dungeon needs a uh, needs a map showing its layout. The dungeon's location, creator, purpose, history, and inhabitants shouldn't give you a should give you a starting point for designing your dungeon map. If you need further inspiration, you can find maps that have been made freely available to use on the internet, or even use a map of the real world lo- of a real world location. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, you can borrow a map from a published adventurer or randomly generate a dungeon complex uh, using the tables presented in Appendix A. Um, yeah, I think we, was this appendix A? It might be after. Yeah, it might, it might be after. So. Or maybe not. (laughs) Appendix A. No, I don't think so. I think we, I think we're in it. Um, I I think appendix A is in the back actually. Oh yeah, it actually might be in the back. We're not going to go there now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's no way to like, we don't have like a way to show the audience. We're not prepared to do that. Yeah, no. But the next, that's pretty much what you're going to do next is yeah. now that you know what's in this place, uh, sort of the past conflict, mm-hmm. you, it's up to you to f- populate it. You know, desert, go for desert creatures like um, maybe the bullet might be a cool thing to have outside the dungeon. That's true. Yeah. Can, yeah. Like break through the sand. Like harpies like, uh, inhabiting like the meteorite like yeah, top kind of air thing. stuff. There's yeah, good air yeah. creatures like harpies. Yeah. Um, Gricks are great. We just covered Gricks. They killed spe- your special guest Jake's <laughs> first character. Yes, they did. Um, Ate him up. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that that is informant. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
go through the dungeon cast episodes and find some monsters you like to, to put them in if they make sense. You know? Yeah. If you want it to feel cohesive like that, you know, we kind of mishmash some things together. But the next thing you have to do is draw this place. Mm-hmm. So get a, get some grid paper or like whatever it is you need to do your thing. Yeah. Or like the book says, go get something for free. Kind of chop up. Oh, I, want, I like the first level of this dungeon. Mm-hmm. I'll use that in this level of my dungeon. And then kind of like chop stuff up and put it together if that's what you want. And then what you really have to do after that is like basically write what you want each room to be and do. Um, Traps include like doors, like stuck doors, locked doors, Mm -hmm. barred doors. Uh, God damn, like uh, (laughs) the team of Super Quest Saga does not do well with doors. That might be all you need. I think that might be like universal uh, to a D&D experience. You have anxiety about going through doors. You don't know what's on the other side. You don't know if the door is a trap. You don't know if it's a mimic. And then if you roll bad, like the game says you're not supposed to be able to open that door now. So it's like, fuck, man. Yeah, you might not be able to get through a (laughs) door and there could be cool stuff on the other side, but that's it. And that's true. the beauty of the game is like you don't get you might not get to see everything. Yeah. That's one of the, the kind of the pitfalls of dungeon mastering is your yeah. players may never go do the thing that you wrote. Yeah. And spend all this time prepping. It's definitely a uh, it's a hazard. And I think it's just it's part of it when you got. Yeah. What do you got to accept? But it helps your world feel real to have all this stuff prepped. Yeah. And, you know, you could always like if they miss something and you really want them to see it, you could always um, like do some surgery and cut yeah. it out and reflavor else, you know, yeah. like. Try to do your best. Don't tell people you're doing that. Mm. At, like, especially if you're doing it on the fly. Yeah. I usually like, oh, that was a cool concept. I'll use it again later. Yeah. Like that way my work isn't necessarily wasted. Mm-hmm. I'll just reflavor it to yeah. fit like, okay, we didn't make it in that dungeon. Let's put this in my pocket and I'll use it where it seems cool. Yeah. Uh, you need some stuff like that written down for improv purposes. If Definitely. your team takes a left when they should have taken a right, you need to know how to deal with that. Yeah. Like what's now going to go in that direction or else you're going to be completely, <laughs> yeah, completely thrown off. You're yeah. Like, oh shit. What do I do? Oh fuck. They're going into the jungle instead of the desert. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe that plot for that. Yeah. Maybe this desert thing I did can be a jungle thing now exactly. and it could change. Oh, it's really cool to do this instead of this. Yeah. And you know, you didn't waste all your time, but yeah. like, so for, for this place, I think we're going to have a combination of rooms and tunnels. Um, I imagine, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff spiraling down, maybe weak floor to like unexpectedly drop a level. Or like a cave-in kind of thing, yeah. definitely. Um, because this thing has been tunneled out, right? Mm-hmm. And then loot and stuff. I mean, there's going to be NPCs in here. Mm-hmm. They, they'll have loot on them you could take. Mm-hmm. But also, there's something valuable in here. What is it? Yeah. Is it just like the Some powerful sort of metals or something? Yeah. Like unique metals in here? Freaking vibranium. <laughs> yeah, it could be it could be lots of things. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some sort of liquid in inside. Mm. It's got a liquid center like a yeah. gusher. Ooh. And that's what everybody's trying to get. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like power liquid or whatever, you know, who knows? That'd be interesting. Is. But yeah, there, there are lots of different things you could do. Um, shoots and ladders is be up. Mm-hmm. You know, just do your thing. Secret doors, concealed doors, portcullises, darkness and light. Always very important. Um the lighting in places. Yeah. Uh, the second you start describing a dark room, the players will <laughs> inform vision. you that they have dark vision, <laughs> um, which is regular vision in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It also details air quality, which is uh, an important thing that you may not think about. Especially like if you're going down uh, into like stinky mine. A fire. mine. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of flump farts. Yes. Uh, sounds. So I think that's worth reading. A dungeon enclosed, uh, a dungeon enclosed geography helps channel sound. 
The groaning creak of an opening door can echo down hundreds of feet of passageway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Louder noises such as the clanging hammers of a forge or a the din of battle uh, can reverberate through the entire dungeon. Many creatures that live underground use such sounds as a way of locating prey or go on the alert of any sound an adventuring party will mm-hmm. make in its intrusion. That's important to know. Yeah. Um, and the next section... Um, Dungeon hazards, basically filling your stuff up with, you know, we like traps we or detailed doors and stuff. And that's yeah. own special hazard that we talked <laughs> about. But yeah, like, um, you know, a pressure plate that yeah. shoots arrows out of the wall mm-hmm. or like um, a freaking Indiana a Jones uh, boulder falling and you have to outrun it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a weight trap, kind of uh, yeah. a Team Rocket style hole in the ground oh yes that's yeah, yeah. that's a tough one a man pitfall. if you don't have climbing gear like you're fucked there could there could be you could limit people based off of like how much good they can climb that's true <laughs> but uh it's got green slime and webs and like all kinds of shit in here but th- mm-hmm. this is a really comprehensive piece of 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 like tables and literature to help yeah, aid yeah. you like look how fast we did that yeah it was, didn't take much time at all and we built a fairly dope dungeon <laughs> pretty easy yeah so so there you have it yeah. oh, i think yeah. i think if you have not read this book um it's definitely got some useful stuff in yeah. here if you if you're having writer's block some sign up sign up some type of creative bar on your on your modeling i mean just a run a couple break out of it yeah yeah i feel like run a couple tables like just build just keep on building just let it flow and even if you don't end up keeping it like it might trigger like, you know, it might trigger something. You're like, oh, shit, like that was a good idea. Maybe let me exactly. just turn it into something else. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like what if we had rolled elves on yeah. this uh, dungeon creator chart? And we'd be like, oh, that's boring. I wish it, I rolled beholder. Yeah. Just oh, make it a beholder. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you just, you know, how like how people flip a coin and they're like, oh, I want to eat either here or here. Yes. And they flip it and they get it and they're like, I wish I could roll. I got heads. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, now well, I know just, what I yeah, want. Now you know what you want. Yeah. So the best. This can do that for you. Yeah. Best thing about D or dungeon DMing is it's like inception. It's just pure creation. Like it gets to be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, and draw inspiration from where you need it yeah, or don't. Yeah. yeah. Just let uh, let your influences guide your own brain into doing what you need. You need it to do. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think, uh, unless you have any more questions or anything to add, I think we can move into the long rest. No, let's long rest. I think that was a uh, real dope. That was real fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's call it. Let's go sleepies. <laughs> hey everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we get naked and go to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, just with our slippies on. Just, sli- <laughs> just, just slippies. slippies. <laughs> just slippies. Um, <laughs> These slippies are uh, made to look like I'm not wearing slippies. <laughs> slippies and sleepies. That's so my my feet are warm yes. and toasty, but you don't know that. You don't know. You just think I'm Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark. Tony Stark just kidding. naked. I meant Stark naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tony Stark naked, which is like more rich version of, naked, <laughs> of nudity. Yes. It's nudity, but you're wearing an armored suit. Yeah, you're with, naked with inside an Iron Man yes, suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> okay. Um, let's build a beholder. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can do whatever we want because we're dungeon masters, right? Ooh. So let's just do whatever we want. Let's come up with our That's own cool. unique beam we, and feature. Yeah, we can yeah. use inspiration from this episode if we want, like mm-hmm. how we built our sick-ass dungeon. That's very true. We should name that dungeon. Fuck. 
Let's build a beholder and then we'll talk about naming yes, dungeons. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. Um, yeah, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You got any ideas? Uh, we can go with uh, Acerak, Acerak. Nobody can decide on how to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, the the Lich? Yeah, the Lich on the front of the Dungeon Master's Guide is, yeah. uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's Acerak, Acerak, uh, whatever, however it is we're supposed to say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it could be his homie. I forgot. Does it shoot? Are you saying? Vecna. That, that might be I'm Vecna. pretty sure it this looks is like, Acerak. Yeah. Is this Vecna or Acerak? You know, I gotta Google this. Who's who the fuck is on the front of this book? Yeah, Will would have known. I'm um, I'm not sure. It looks like Vecna, but also you know, I only have crit rolls Vecna to draw from, and I don't know. I don't know. But Who's on the cover of it? Okay, Reddit. Here we go. Are you suggesting? I love Reddit links. <laughs> it's Acerac. Acerac. Okay. Are you suggesting a beholder beam that Acerac. shoots out liches? <laughs> no, it can't do that. It can't do that. Like it could be, it could be. Um, it's just shotguns, liches at people. We can draw uh, inspiration from wherever we like. It's very true. Um, I don't know how much you know about Acerac. N- not it's anything. It's like Vecna's apprentice oh, okay. slash his own thing. Yeah. Um, they have very similar backstories. They um, want to be gods, kind of they, thing. I think so. I think Acerac is more about. Um, secrets. I think they both are kind of into secrets. Mm. It's been a long time since this episode, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're both undead liches that do yes. cool shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think one of these fools is responsible for Tomb of Horrors. Man, fuck. They're so similar yeah, that I can't yeah. differentiate like, them at I this point without like, <laughs> looking up the lore <laughs> yeah. or going back and listening to the Dungeon Cast. We have episodes hey. on Acerac and Vecna, Look so go guess. check it out. But, um, yeah, what do we want to do? Maybe that. We don't know enough about this guy, I don't think, off the top of our head. So let's go with whatever we want, because we're Dungeon Masters. Yeah. If I was going to if I was gonna put a custom Beholder Beam on it, I would make it breathe Dragonfire. That's dope. I don't think That's we've seen that yet. And we're not going to cover a dragon this year. So no, definitely not. I, I don't think so, anyway. I'm down. I'm I don't down know. with a Dragon Breath Beam. Okay, then you can do the feature. Oof. Um... Fuck, it can be anything. That's, can be anything. That's the issue. Maybe we could use a random table to help us uh, Ooh, get a decide place to what start. Is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll flip through until you think of something. Uh, so we're having it breathe dragon fire out of the stock. Man, maybe is it? Uh, maybe is it like a chameleon kind of thing? Like, can it change? Ooh. Like a mystique kind of thing, like maybe change its appearance. Yeah, some sort of uh, shape shifting quality to it. Like it can camouflage to blend in. It can uh, maybe shape change into. I like other where your shit. head's at. Let me you know put, what I mean. I'm gonna put one limitation on you. Please, the Hobbleman is gonna need to draw it. It's true. So we need to be specific. And by saying like maybe it can change to its location. Yeah. Um. This beholder is the Grick Rancher. So yes. they're going to be in a cave, a cavern. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is that helping you at all? Yeah, like maybe, they, uh, maybe they're just able to adapt to whatever environment they're like surrounded by. So if they're in a cave, like they get like nocturnal vision or like, uh, you know, like when something spends a lot of time in a cave or evolves in a cave, like they tend to lose their eyes. They get yes. like better senses everywhere else kind of thing. Their skin lightens up. Yeah. Man, uh, we talk a lot about this on the show. Like maybe. That's not, that's not <laughs> anyone's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe that's just uh like, maybe it's just adaptable. Like if it's in like a, the fire plane, like it gets like fire resistance and starts like its skin is red or like it shoots fucking whatever, like that kind of thing. So what I'm getting from this Hit me. is more cowboy. 
Oh, because it's even more. Because <laughs> yeah, it's in a ranch. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe it looks like the barn it's standing in front of. In, Ooh. In, in its, or, or maybe it looks maybe like. Maybe it just has two 10-gallon hats instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just even more of a rancher, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, that doesn't tie into the, it doesn't, like, the it chameleon-ness of it. But uh, I like that. It just needs, yes. Pablo Man needs something to needs like, feature. show that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to give him some ideas about it sounds like it requires this beholder's feature is going to require a background. Yeah. So maybe we let the Hobble Man be creative about that. It's true. The backgrounds have been like gradient because yeah. we, we're not like telling him like, oh, it needs to live in a fucking in the sky. Yeah. Um. So I mean, uh, do you have any other idea, though? Like because I don't want to get in front of this idea because where my great. mind was, was that, you know, like. Dungeon mastering is whatever you want it to be. It can yes. be whatever you want I, it to be. So I that's why I like, understand. I, like, yeah. I just want to help the Hobble Man that's execute it. That's super so fair. So I don't want to change your idea. I just want to give the Hobble Man something to work with. Yes, I appreciate but it. But I think that what that is is to pass on is to pass the buck. Yes, and yeah, to say yeah. to the Hobble Man like you must you must be the dungeon must master of this yes. feature <laughs> yeah. and and figure out how to show it. Hell yeah. Um, it's very buff. It is very buff. It's very buff. Yeah. And it can change to look like the wall behind it or whatever. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. It throws a sword. It calls for Grix. Yes. Um, I'm loving this thing so far. This thing is gnarly. So we've completed our... We, we're we responsible for three of its ten features. We and, are. And tentacles. And so tentacles, you're yeah, a big yeah. part of You're a big part of this build. Hey. Um, if you want to... Um, support us you can do so by telling somebody about the show leaving an itunes review that is the best way that you can help the show grow yeah, is please. to help us get new listeners that's really spreading the word about the dungeon cast is is the name of the game yeah um if you want to see more of your special guest jake you can find him on our actual play podcast super yeah. quest saga where he is our special guest every episode yes i am um do you want have anything you want to plug or talk about uh that's the big one. I mean, I also play on a Patreon-only game of of F Bats. Yeah, uh, that one's also super fun. Superhero-based surgeon. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's uh, episodes of Batman the Animated Series from the '90s. Uh, you know, lifted and and pasted onto a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that we play. Super fun. Um, yeah, it's it's a really great time. Your special guest Jake and our good friend Steve is on that show, uh, and there's like two or three seasons of that just mm-hmm. in our Patreon. So if you want to go check that out, go to patreon.com slash dungeon cast and check it out. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We haven't run a contest in a while, but mm-hmm. if there's books coming out, you can expect us to do that soon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to enter our contest, you typically need to be following our social media accounts, which are the dungeon cast, both on Instagram and Twitter. Mm. Um, so next episode, I think will is back. So thank you very much for coming on and, yeah, and of course. supporting. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, it was it was a great time. So Twice. we'll have to have you on again. And until then, catch you later. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye everybody. The Dungeon Cast. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled, or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. 
Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.